Well, we've been doing this series on hearing God's voice. And when we talk about words, we have to think about how important words actually are. We, you can learn early on words matter. Words mean a lot. Words have meaning and words often make a difference. I can just say words and when I say words, it can even create almost an immediate emotional reaction. Watch this. Traffic. I know that hurt you. Vacation. Oh, that's so much better. Politics. Oh, that's, yeah, that's painful. You just throw words out, it, it often creates an emotional response. And these words have meaning. And if you're anything like me, you, can, you have moments that you can go back to your childhood when someone said something life-giving to you or someone said something to you that was really painful. And those words will stick with you. I remember I was uh, in eighth grade and... Um, uh, I mean, I mean, I look like an athletic phenomenon, but I wasn't the fastest kid. I know. I look. I'm not. I'm not the fastest. I wasn't the fastest kid. Um, but one time, they were short. One of the runners for the 400 meters was sick, and so they were like, "Robertson, you're running the 400." And I was. I, all I did was pole vaulting because. <laughs> That's all I could really do in track and field. So, um, so they said, hey, Robertson, you're going to run the 400. And so I was like, awesome. I was in that last lane. So in the 400, I was the furthest ahead. And so never run competitively the 400, only in practice and that kind of thing. So I get in, run the 400. Uh, they, set, they shoot the gun or whatever. And I take off. And of course, naturally, because I've started in the, fur the furthest starting block, I'm kind of ahead for a little while. And I'm like, yeah, Lord, let's do this. And then as I come around the bend, then everybody starts catching up. And then and we go around the next turn. And all of a sudden, it's like, Vroom! and I'm the last one coming through. And I finish dead last. And I like fall on the ground. My coach comes over, and he pulls me up. And he says, you know what, Robertson? You did OK. All you lacked was some speed. <laughs> That stuck with me to this day. <laughs> and I just remember, okay, this is not my calling in life. It was just made confirmed to me by my awesome coach who was really encouraging in that moment. And I remember it to this day. Words have meaning and words matter. Those words can stick with us, the ones that are life-giving, the words that are painful. And, it, and often, you can even use the same word, but in different contexts, it means different things, right? When you, you find a kid and you say, hey, did you, did you scribble did you scribble on the, with crayon on the wall? And they go, no. It doesn't, it doesn't really mean no. It doesn't feel very genuine. But if you say, hey, did my, my package from Amazon arrive? And somebody's like, oh, no. Didn't, it, it, it has a completely different feel, right? One is, uh, I'm dis, uh, uh, one is not very genuine, and one is I'm trying to cover up disappointment, right? But you use the same word. And so this is why words matter. Not just what is said, but the way things in which they are said. It's why songs and poetry and books become so important because words have such a significant impact on us. Now, Proverbs 18 is going to verify this from the word of God where it says, uh, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue 
and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now listen, this is the opposite. This is the opposite of what the scripture, or of, or, or of the phrase that you've often heard, uh, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words or names will never harm me. That's not what the scripture says. It says words are actually really powerful. And if there's power in words, and if, we have, if words have power in our lives, then what we're listening to influences who we're becoming. This becomes so critical as we begin to think about all the words that we ingest regularly. What are the sources of words that are coming into our lives? So why studying the issue of the idea of what God is saying becomes so important because if those words have power over our lives, then what does it mean to have God's words washing over us? If words actually have power, even across the earth, then what would it actually mean to have God's words washing over us, his word over us? And we get to see that answered first and foremost in the person of Jesus, whose scripture is going to tell us is the word. Because what we'll see is Jesus himself, when he's going through the temptation, his ministry is about to be launched. And when he's walking out into the wilderness and the enemy, the devil comes against him, we see Jesus responding. And he's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he's had no food, no water, and the enemy comes to him and says, turn the stone into bread. And Jesus makes this ironclad statement. He says, listen, man doesn't live by bread alone. What does man live by? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is Jesus' overview, his statement before he steps into ministry is, this is what's going to propel me. This is what's gonna move me forward. And then go, we get to see, if you get to read the story, we won't get to get into it today. But each temptation that the enemy brings to him, what does Jesus bring forward? He brings forward the word of God, brings forward the truth of God. And it's no small thing that he does that because Jesus is the word. John chapter one, we'll just start in verse one. If you've gotten to grow up in the church, church you've heard this text before. In the beginning was the word, the logos, the and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And look at this. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome. It's what we just sang. Saying the word of God is life. What this text is saying is that God's word creates new things. God's word creates new things. That's what the text says. Listen, all things are made through him. The word of God is creative. It's creating something. If you feel like you're in a place of lack or without, guess what? God's word creates. He speaks and it forms new things. It's what we get to see. Not only that, but his word, God's word sustains us and walks with us and goes with us even through storms. Hebrews chapter one, verse one says, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. 
But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. He's the exact imprint of his nature. And listen to this. Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. Everything is operating across the spectrum of the universe because Jesus tells it to. The word of God is critical. It's sustaining. It's holding us up. It's what causes our heart to beat. And I love this picture that the writer of Hebrews gives to us here because there are many ways in which God has spoken to us. Remember, God spoke to Moses through the burning bush and he speaks to Elijah in a still and small voice. He speaks to Isaiah in a vision through a temple. We have all of these ways in which God is speaking to mankind, but this, there is a definitive moment at which God wants us to understand how he's speaking. It is now through the Son of God that he's revealing who he is through the person of Jesus, who Jesus was and what he said. God's word through Jesus is everything. It always has been, it always will be. But more than that, more than even just creating and sustaining, listen, God's word is actually revealing what is true. And in a world where truth feels incredibly relative, this becomes now the most important thing about us. This issue of the word of God just now becomes the most important thing because God's word's actually revealing what is true. And it's why when we look at the word of God or the scripture, it becomes the center, centerpiece for our lives. Because listen, the Bible or the scripture is more than just a book telling us what to do. It's actually revealing who God is. It has so much deeper of a meaning and the revelation of who God is, listen, defines everything about us. Everything about you actually is defined by who God is, who we are, where and how we find purpose, what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. All of that is actually answered in the person of who God is. And the way that we get to know that is through his word. All of those things are defined by who God is. And that's a big deal because let's be honest. What we really want to know is what is God saying to me? That's what we really want to know. Lord, what, what are you actually saying to me? If you had words to speak over my life, if you had directives to tell me where to go or what to do, what are you actually saying to me? Where am I supposed to go? Or who should I be spending time with? Or what career path should I be taking? Or should we move here? What relationship should I be invested in? Those are all questions that are deeply meaningful, but they cannot ultimately be answered without knowing the person of Jesus Christ first. And the reason is because everything else is just details. Because the truth is, listen, God cares deeply about your job. He cares deeply about your relationships. He cares deeply about your life's direction and the places that you're going. He cares about all of those things, absolutely. But when we look at Jesus, the word, all of those things, what we discover is all of those things are actually just vehicles leading us nearer to him. All the direction that we ever want to have 
is all about leading us nearer to him. And so our desire to hear the voice of God and what's the right way to go and where are you leading us and what should we be doing and all of those things, God's using all of that to navigate us nearer to him. Our job, listen, your job is a vehicle to get us back to the word, the king. Our relationships are vehicles to get us nearer to the truth of Jesus. Our circumstances that we're walking through are vehicles to get us back to the person of God. That's what he's leading us into. All those questions that we have about where to go and what to do are meant to lead us back to Jesus. Because he's the place, we hear this, where creativity and where power and where revelation are. All the things that we're in need of in this life. That's what he's leading. That's where he's moving. The things that God's creating, the things that God's sustaining, the source of revelation. That's who he is. And so the question is, how do we get those words? How do we get to that place? And of course, what we get to see from the word is that the starting place and the foundation and the rock that we stand on is the scripture. The word of God is the anchor for us. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. Listen, all scripture is breathed out by God. Breathed. So I hear this. The same breath that created the universe is the one that is authored the word of God. It's that revealing, sustaining powerful word. And so the scripture becomes the definitive center of what God is saying to you. 90% of what we need to hear, what we need to know is already written. It's already been put down. God's ready to apply it in a moment that the design of the word of God or the design of the scriptures are meant to reveal who God is and what he's doing that it becomes authoritative over our lives and it gets to direct our lives more than the media does. And it gets to direct our lives more than social media. It gets to direct our lives more than all of the voices on the outside. The Lord's calling us to that place of saying, Lord, your word has been breathed out and it's moving us into places of creativity and power to be sustained. And it's his truth that begins to shape us and it actually helps reshape even some of the questions we ask. Because often when we're asking the question, God, what do you want to do in my life? Which is a valid and important question to ask. But often the Lord likes to shift these things to get us to ask the question, Lord, who are you? Show me who you are and show me what you're doing. Because when we see who he is and what he's doing, it shapes the way that we live changes. It moves us. We're here, you know, we're here in Tennessee because of the word of God over our lives. We are from Texas and Texans never leave, never want to leave Texas. They think that Texas is kind of its own little nation and they function that way. And we kind of get all prideful about Texas and we were happy in our Texas world and all of our families lived in Texas and all these great things. But then the word of God came. As we started 
pressing our hearts into the things that God has said in his scripture about who he is and what he's doing. There started to be a churning inside of us to say, it's so beautiful, all the good and amazing things that God's doing here. But what God has put and deposited in us, we're supposed to take that and go somewhere with it. And we thought, well, cool, God, would you just name the Texas town that we're supposed to go and take this to? And the Lord said, nope, it's not going to be like that. In fact, we're going to take you three states over to a group of people you've never met in your entire life. And that's where I'm depositing you. And it's that word that was stirring in us from the scripture. When we saw that call to take what God had put in us and to tell more people about it, it pulled us here. And now we get to be here in this moment. And now God's been shaping us and fashioning us and hopefully shaping you and fashioning you and bringing us together. This is what it means. When we ask the question, Lord, what do you want to do in our lives? The most important thing to actually be asking is this, Lord, who are you? What are you doing? I want to be a part of what you're doing. We just want to be a part of what God's doing. Get like one hour. We all get one hour on this earth. The most important thing about you is to get to be a part of what God is doing. It's the most defining, most powerful thing that could ever be said about you is someone who's linked in with what God is doing, asking that question and unafraid, if you will, of the ramifications of what that will mean because he may take you on a crazy journey, but he's bringing you towards life. And that's what the Lord's been doing with us. Through all of our ups and downs and all the good times and bad times in our four years here, the Lord's just been leading us towards him, more towards him. That's what we've been asking. We had those promises anchored in our heart, asking the Lord to do that with us, and he's been doing it faithfully. And so look at 2 Timothy 3, 16. Again, we'll put it up on the screen. All scripture, it's been breathed out by God and it's profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction and for training and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is why the word of God becomes so incredibly critical. Because apart from it, there is no right decision-making. You need to hear this. You might, uh, you might f find yourself thinking that you've got all the great ideas, but listen to me. All goodness comes from the Father of lights. Actually, the scripture is gonna reveal to us that every good thing you've ever had in your life, whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're a bajillion miles away and have no interest in him, every good thing you've ever experienced is coming straight from a father who's good. And he's leading towards righteousness. And what we'll find is that as the Lord, the Lord turns to the right or turns to the left, when we anchor ourselves in the word of God, wherever he's going, we stay with him. And we'll find that people will even look at the scripture, but they'll miss the point of the scripture. I love this when Jesus is looking at the religious elite. So these are the guys that did all the studying of the Bible all the time. They were constantly in the word of God. But I want you to look at what he says in John chapter five to the guys who were really deep in Bible study, but they just loved being deep in Bible study. And here's what he said. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But it is they that bear witness. Those scriptures testify or bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. What he's saying is, is you, you try to pretend and try to make the word some kind of magical thing. But what he's saying is the, 
The word of God or the scriptures are, are words on a page apart from the person of Jesus because he is the word. And so there's a move that God wants to do in us, pulling us nearer to his word, shaping us and changing us and showing us what he's like, that the most life-giving, transformative thing that we could ever have is when God reveals himself to us. And so this is where he's leading faithfully over our lives. We become oriented with his truth. To be familiar with his words. To see what he's saying. And all of the questions that we have about the direction of our lives finally come into focus as we set our gaze on Jesus. Jesus' words, Jesus' thoughts, his truth. And so here's the question we'll try to finish up with. How does God's word answer the questions that we have in our everyday lives? These regular, everyday Joe questions we have. And I love what Paul says to the church, church in Corinth in chapter two. And we'll throw this up on the screen. Because he says, as it's written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard or the heart of man has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So we have no idea all of the things that God has prepared for us. But look at this. Look at what this next scripture says, verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So the Holy Spirit is searching the depths of God for who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Hear this. The Spirit of God is illuminating the Word of God to bring life-giving truth just as we need it right in the moment. The Spirit of God is on ready alert to make the Word of God come alive, to direct to lead, to impart, to reveal, to empower. It takes the Spirit, is what Paul's saying, is it takes the Spirit of God to understand the heart of God. And here's what he's saying is, you didn't get given the Spirit of the world. You've been given the Spirit of the King of the universe. He's ready to impart. He's ready to interpret. He's ready to give. He's ready to show who he is. This is the definitive way we get to incline our ear and learn what he sounds like. If you've ever had that question, this thought that I'm having or this feeling that I'm having, how do I know it's me or how do I know it's the enemy or how do I know it's God? The truth is the spirit of God illuminates the word of God. He'll plant it. He says this, what I'm speaking to you will always be anchored in the word of truth. He'll make it alive. He says, uh, the writer says it like this in Hebrews 4. It says, the word of God's living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and, the discerning the, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
What it's saying is this. The word of God has the ability in, in the way that nothing else on this, on this earth can go to the heart of the matter, go down to the depths, to answer the deep places, to speak truth, and to bring understanding in a way that no one, no, nothing else can. That as we orient ourselves to the word of God, the spirit takes the word and he hits the mark, goes right to the deep places, speaks to that. And I love seeing that get to play out in all these moments where we're asking God, should we move states? And all those moments where we're in the grocery store and asking, Lord, can we have an encounter today? Would you show us what you're doing here? God can take his truth and apply it in a moment. Or he can lead us down a path that we didn't even see coming because he's faithful and he's a king. And this is what he wants to do is lead us into his heart. The truth is that, listen, God has things to say to you. He has things to say to me. But the key to unlocking those things is to be anchoring our lives in the scripture, opening it up, saying, God, show me who you are. Let me have your word. And so if you're desperate to hear God, or you're looking or seeking for his direction or understanding, let's just begin to take time to anchor ourselves in his word. And so how do we begin to do that? What does that look like? There's a couple things. In fact, I'll ask our team to come up and we'll just finish with this. How do we begin to approach the word of God in a way that moves past good Bible reading and moves us into a relationship with him? The number one thing is this, listen, Let's be a people who ask God to reveal his word to us. Just ask him. If you've ever felt like Bible reading can be a little bit like all over the place, right? There's a lot there. It's a pretty decent sized book. It can feel, can we just be honest? It can be a little intimidating, especially if you start somewhere in the Old Testament and you've got no, like no understanding for, you know, fifth century BC, you know, uh, Judea. And you're going like, what is this about? The Bible can be intimidating, but every passage has a role to play in our lives. And our design hinges upon understanding and knowing these words. So all we, all we get to do there is just say, hey, Lord, would you just reveal who you are? Just reveal. Show me. If I can't see it, then just show me. Just ask him the question. Let me tell you, if my kids ever ask me a question like that, can you help me understand this? I'm eager to be able to share. The Father's eager to be able to share with you. If you're going, there's something I don't understand. Let's just begin to ask the question, Lord, would you just show me what this means? Would you show, would you reveal? Let's just be a people that ask him. Secondly, let's just do this. Just consume it. Come to it to receive life and nourishment. And I, I just wanna say this. Uh, there, if you grew up in church, depending on where you came from, there's a lot of shaming that came from did you read your Bible? You hadn't been reading your Bible, have you? If you've ever felt shamed, if you've ever felt toxic shame because you haven't done your Bible study, you haven't been reading about, let me tell you something right now. That's not the Father's heart for the Word of God. I'm, and in fact, I'm gonna pray and ask God to remove any kind of shame that's come because you hadn't done enough of your reading yet. Let me tell you, the Word of God is an invitation to know His heart. If you pick up the word of God, I want you to feel the invitation. In fact, I say I. The scripture actually reveals that's the invitation to know who he is. 
There's always, there's a wide open invitation. He's ready to receive you through his word. And this is what the faithfulness of the Lord does. It says, just come and consume it. If you will, think of it coming to the table to be fed, to be given life, not to be lorded over, not to be told that you hadn't been doing this enough or why aren't your quiet times longer or all those shaming thoughts that often come from the enemy. And listen, if you've ever, listen, if you've been in this, if you've been in the kingdom, you've been a part of the family of God long enough, uh, you've had an opportunity to read the Bible and you're going like, this is, I don't get this. I don't understand this. I don't know what this is. I don't, I don't even know. I'm not even sure what, I'm not even sure what this is about. And you're like stuck in the middle of Leviticus and you're like, Lord, have mercy on my soul. Where am I going with this? Let me tell you this. Let me, let me promise you this. The deadest Bible reading that you've ever done is leading you to the richest life when we do it by faith. There's a place where we just step in by faith and trust him and say, God, I don't know all of it, but I'm asking you to reveal and I'm just coming to you, letting you know, I wanna be with you. I wanna know you. It will lead to the richest life. It's, I promise you that. It's living and it's active. The Holy Spirit's activating it. And we'll finish with this. You guys stand with me. Let's be a people who pray it. Where we just pray the word of God. We come to his truth and we're willing just to say it out loud. I think one of the greatest ways that we can interact with the word of God is just by taking it, opening it, and praying it. So Father, we're just gonna come before you right now and we're asking you to do something that only you can do, and that's this. Would you ignite our heart towards your word? It's the way we hear you and know you. It's the way that we begin to discern what you're speaking to us on a Tuesday afternoon when we're on the commute. We're interacting with friends. Or even if we're in the middle of a fight with someone close to us, it's your word that we need. It's your truth that needs to wash over us. We wanna know your scriptures so that no matter what the circumstance is, it washes over us and changes us. Would you give us a hunger? Would you just ask the Lord for a new and fresh hunger for his word? If we're meant to consume it, then would you just say, God, make me hungry again for your word. Help me to love it. Lord, we want to have our hopes and our heart anchored in your truth. Not in all the words that are being spoken all over the place, but our lives are anchored in you and what you're saying. We want to have hearts of worship that come from place of knowing you. So would you reveal yourself, reveal your truth. In fact, would you just ask him, Lord, this week, would you just begin to reveal something new and fresh to me? Just make, make your word alive to me in a new way. Just ask him. Ask him if he would do that. Just reveal. I believe that's what the Lord wants to do. We're gonna finish this moment just asking for the goodness of God, his presence. Just confessing our need 
and just saying, I need you, God. I need you. And the way we get to demonstrate our need is to coming to his word, to consume it, to receive it, let it wash over us, let it change us from the inside out. Let's sing these words together and asking God to come.